Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Are you looking to create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by special guest, Scott Mader. He's a coach, but his background is in teaching. And this is a special episode, everyone. This is episode 400. That's right. For over eight years, we've been delivering these episodes to you to encourage you to live your best life with the one you've got. Scott specifically helps men, Christian men, align their time, talents, and treasures to live out their calling. That is the epitome of what Beyond the Rut is all about. So it made sense to have him come on to this show and share his insights with you about how to get the most out of your time, your talents, and your treasures. That's your money, as well as many other resources you have. So sit back, relax, get a notebook and a pen, because we're going to be dropping knowledge bombs all over the place. And hopefully you catch a few and apply them to your own life. Here we go. All right. Hey, Scott, thanks for calling in. How are you doing today? Uh, it's a great day. I am doing good. Uh, I, You know, the joke is, of course, right? Every day is a great day if you enjoy what you're doing. Awesome. And for those who don't know, this is the most focused Scott and I have been in the last 12 minutes. <laughs> we did <laughs> it, man. We're good. Not lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you meet your twin, your internet twin. Like, uh, we, we will we will probably go down a rabbit trail or two. Oh, I, I just, just to warn everybody. Yeah. There, there's a possibility we'll get sued because we might recite the whole movie of Spaceballs, Spaceballs. or any other. Yeah, our Princess Bride. Now, if you do Princess oh, Bride, I can keep up with you on Princess Bride, too. Man. That's my favorite movie. It's inconceivable. But <laughs> anybody want to be? Uh, oh uh, man. Okay. Okay. We're back, guys. We're back. I, as I promised, we were going to talk about time, talents, and treasures. Uh, Scott and I met through Podmatch. I think yeah, it was Podmatch, yep. which is like a podcast directory and a dating site. Got together and had a baby. That's that. And so okay. I was a guest on Inspired Stewardship, and we talked about a combination of things of steward, uh, servant leadership, and also how to live beyond the rut. And the cool thing is Scott's platform and his message, his, his mission is so similar to beyond the ruts and it's slightly different. I was like, you know, this, that's like, you know, it's like Asian cuisine and he's got a different dish that you haven't tried yet. And, and I was like, yeah, we got to have Scott on here. So Scott, I'm glad you're able to join us. Did you go for Korean food or Chinese food? They are different. You know, yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, Japanese is a whole different level. A whole other level. Yep. Like it's like the minimalism of food, but, not it's it's like less but more anyway that's not important guys i'm sorry <laughs> did somebody not have breakfast here hmm <laughs> i was gonna say you you might need to eat lunch right after this i, don't I, know. I, I may I'm have to, to get yeah. hungry I, I grabbed a cup of coffee i thought it was enough i was wrong guys i'm sorry uh, i'll stay focused i promise i promise okay so scott um i know you and your wife carrie you run a business it's uh, you know, under the banner of inspiredstewardship.com and you, you help men as well as couples deal with managing their time, their talents and their treasures. And before we dive into those three T's, what did you do before that? <laughs> so a little bit of everything, you know, I actually started a, a business when I was 12 years old, um, mowing lawns. And I figured out real quick, cause I live in South Texas that mm. I really didn't want to be outside mowing the lawn, but I liked the money I got 
So I actually would go broker jobs and then I would hire my friends to actually mow the lawn and I would pay them. And then I made the, you know, commission over the top of it, basically. You know, I'd get, you know, $100 to mow the lawn, but then I'd pay them, you know, 50, 60 bucks to actually do the mowing. So I actually really started a lawn mowing business. And then later I actually uh, started a painting business too, where I was painting, uh, you know, trim and houses, not like the whole house, but just like touch-ups and trim and that kind of thing. And again, did the same thing, hired my friends. I also worked for my dad, you know, did all of these things. Eventually I went to college and I was going to become a medical researcher had a degree in genetics. I have a degree in biochemistry. I did a little bit of medical research work and figured out that was really just chasing grant money all the time, which I did not want to do. <laughs> so I changed gears and figured out a way to become a school teacher without actually going back to college to get a degree in education. And I became a science teacher. I did that for 16 years. I taught middle school. I taught high school. Uh, I, you know, My joke is I pretty much taught every science they offer in the state of Texas except earth science because I don't do rocks. Um, I do everything else. So that's kind of what I did. Loved it, but it's also a very emotionally draining job and low pay, long hours, you know, all of that sort of thing. So eventually I left that, did a few other things in between. And then I got hired by a company called ETS, Educational Testing Service. So I went from teaching to testing. In the words of my students, I joined the dark side. Um, and started doing that and worked my way up in that company into an, a senior executive position, worked there for 11 years, had a team of, you know, about 180 people that kind of reported up through me, you know, flying all over the country, a lot of client work, a lot of time. I know what a lot of airports and hotel rooms look like all across the country. And that got old, <laughs> you know, so I'm one of those weird people that climbed up the corporate ladder and then climbed back down the corporate ladder. So I literally trained my replacement had them hire my replacement, kind of assisted them. And then I moved down to a part-time position and then I left. And that's when we launched the the coaching business back. Started at part-time in 2011, launched it full-time in 2017. And that's what I've been doing full-time ever since then. That's you know the podcast and, and the coaching business is pretty much what I do. I love that. And um, going back way back to your, um, the part where you had a lawn mowing business, I know a guy that started one when he was in high school, did the same thing, hired his friends, hired some locals, some neighbors. And then when he went off to college... That's how he paid for college. Like he, he outsourced it. He hired, like he turned one of the guys into a manager, said, here are all the things I need you to do, uh, to make sure that the lawns get mowed, how we get more lawns, how we process the payments, all those things. And all I need is, you know, the, the money in the bank, basically. So he, he kind of sold it, but it was sort of like, I get 10% for the next eight years, I think it was. And so he really only needed six to pay for college because he went and got his bachelor's two more years for a master's and he was back into the workforce. Um, and then eventually after those eight years, like it was, it was that guy's business. Uh, but yeah, I was like, man, that's brilliant. I wish I had thought of that. I need a DeLorean. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh man. Uh, so it's so cool though. It's like you've, you've kind of, you've had the entrepreneurial experience. You had the educational background and, and I commend you on the teaching piece because I used to do like, uh, not motivational speaking, but I used to work for a battered women's shelter and we would go into schools and talk about bullying, bystander behavior. Uh, Texas had just passed in like 2014 a, a um, sexting law that related to minors because there wasn't one. And, and so the only other option was that if you caught teenagers engaging in sexting, you only had pornography laws, child pornography laws to mm -hmm. throw at them. Mm -hmm. And nobody wanted to hit them with felonies and put them on the, the, the offender registry because – 
they're they're doing just their their kids doing stupid stuff, right? And and so that was always awkward to go into schools and talk about that. But <laughs> you know, just for us, like the, my team going in to do just one day of seven classes back to back, we were like, <sighs> <laughs> and then we yeah. look at the teacher, we're like. Oh, you got to do this again tomorrow (laughs) and the day after. And you've done this every day for the last how many years? And they're like, oh, this is my seventh year as a teacher. We're like, yeah, no, we're going home. (laughs) You have a good day. And and it can can be it's a fulfilling job, but it's also, you know, there's a lot to it that can drain you, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you're more than just delivering content to people. I mean, some of these kids open up. They you're probably the. For some of these kids, you're the only positive male role model they've got in their lives, and they depend on that more than you realize. And um, not saying you know the pressure's on all you teachers, but I mean you you all know it, it is. <laughs> um, so what part of South Texas are you in anyway? I seem to have missed that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Cap Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. So I, I actually live outside of San Antonio. So I live in the in the hill country outside of San Antonio. Uh, the way I describe it to people is I, too, live in the country. I live 45 minutes from the closest Walmart, Starbucks, or McDonald's. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, I drive. We drive, you know, more than an hour to go to the big grocery store. We try to go once a month. You know, we really do live out in the sticks, but that's what we like. Uh, You know, but my commute to work used to be an hour and 20 minutes. Now it's 30 seconds because I have a home (laughs) office and work from home. (coughs) Sorry. It's okay. That's what editing is for. If I remember. Oh man. So, you know, now my, my commute's 30 seconds. I work from home. I have a home office. I've got clients in 15 countries. You know, I work with people all over the world. You know, that's, that's a lot easier than jumping on a plane and flying across the country oh, like yeah. I used to have to yeah. do. I think that was the biggest thing that the pandemic had taught us was that, wow, I got a lot more time and I could do a lot more work if I worked from home. And, uh, I think, I think in a lot of ways, this is a side, this is already a tangent, guys. If we haven't had a tangent yet, this is the first one. Uh, <laughs> trust me, bro. <laughs> uh, but if there's one thing that the pandemic did with the workforce was it accelerated this, uh, the gig economy. It accelerated the number of people who realized I could do one task really, really, really well and do it for multiple companies and earn maybe more income that way and, mm-hmm. and have more time freedom and, and so on. And, um, and it sounds like you you found that out before the pandemic, of course. You, yeah, you... I, w- I was on Zoom before Zoom was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, guess again, we started doing that in 2011. And even then, I set the business up to be remote because, think about it, I was at a corporate job where I was flying all over the country. So, I would, like, meet with clients at night when I'm in the hotel room, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just call in on a laptop. And then, you know, eventually when I went full time in 2017, you know, that's all pre a lot 
Yeah, there were people remote working. I mean, even when I worked for ETS, they had some remote work options. But it, all of this is just like anything else. You know, working from home, certainly there's advantages to it. There are things about it I love. There's also challenges to it. You know, I've had to find a way to to get a, com- a community around me that I could plug in with that you know, used to when you're in a corporate office and you go in and there's a hundred other people, you can go to the break room and you can, you know, you can talk to another human being here. A lot of times my office manager has four legs and a tail, you know, that it's a completely different <laughs> you know, turn around. So what do you think we should do today? Oh, you know, man. and all I get is a stare and a scratch, you know, it's like, <laughs> not real informative. <laughs> Gosh, one of my cats is a taskmaster. She's actually outside. So I'm in a, a closet I converted into a studio, which leads into the guest bedroom, which leads into the hallway. And I had to put two doors between myself and Bailey because she's out there. You can't hear her, but she's out there meowing right now to get in here to make sure I'm staying on task. And that's her all day, every day. She'll, she'll just meow at me like, hey, type more. or Hey, pay attention to me. Or hey, get, like if I leave the room, she meows at me until I go back into the room. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and, and my she's wife. Good. She's a good office manager. Yeah. Good job. She's like, that's why we hired her to keep you on task. I'm like, but she's so annoying. And she, and she works for Kibble. <laughs> she does. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Kibble and pets. <laughs> so, uh, so inspired stewardship helps people with their time, their talent and their treasures. What was it that got you and Carrie to say, that's the thing we're going to help people with? Like, what were you seeing that was so common that you were like, this is it. This is what we're going to help people with. So, you know, it grew over time, like like everything. Um, you you usually can connect dots looking backwards a lot easier than you can connect dots looking forward, right? Mm-hmm. So we had our own financial journey. We had our own uh, period where you know I actually was suicidal because of of our finances. Um, you know, tried to take my own life uh, because I you know like a lot of men had the thought to myself that oh, if I die, then insurance will pay out and you know my wife will be okay, kind of thing. That's not the truth, by the way. Let me just say that very clearly. But it's not an uncommon feeling that goes through a lot of men's yeah. uh, no, minds had, when they're facing financial difficulty. Yeah. yeah. I had a thought like that about a decade ago or so. Um, oh, yeah. Give or take. So, yeah. Num- number one cause of, of uh, you know male suicide is actually around financial stress, financial strain, um, that kind of thing. So that's, or at least there's a, there's some statistics that show that it. it Anyway, statistics are one of those things that you can probably find a statistic to prove almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it, you know, I've seen a lot of statistics that support that idea that it's, if not number one, it's definitely in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when when I had that period, you know, we went through a real challenge and finally came together, worked through it together, got completely out of debt. We paid off $78,854.46. Not that I know it to the penny. Um, it took us two years, 11 months. You know, we, we, I'm not allowed to round that up to three years, by the way, my wife will kill me. <laughs> it's two years, 11 months. Um, you know, we, and, and average income in that time was $55,000 a year. So it's not like we were, you know, rolling in the dough. Um, you know, it changed over time. So we did a lot of those things ourselves. And so that made us start thinking, you know, well, there's a lot of other people, people saw what we were doing and they'd ask, you know, how did you do that? What did you do? Blah, blah, blah. And so we started helping other people around finances. And eventually we actually said, well, wait a minute, why don't we, instead of, you know, volunteering, let's turn this into a business. So we began to, you know, we did it as a ministry for a while. We still do it. I have benevolence clients to this day. There's a certain number of clients I take, you know, on any month, any year, 
that just don't pay me. I'm just helping them because they need help and they're at a point. But I also have clients that that pay me for uh, the work that I do. And so we started doing that around finances first. As I began working on the money stuff, I began to realize that a lot of times another barrier that was holding people back is around time. I like to call it productivity as opposed to time management because we don't really manage time. We manage ourselves. But this idea of you know doing the right things, not always doing it. And it turned out that a lot of the techniques that you can use around money apply to time because, well, at the end of the day, they're both finite resources. You know, we only have so much of either one. And so a lot of the thought processes and the techniques and the, the framing and the problems and the challenges were similar. So I'm like, okay, well, let me start studying productivity and spent some time getting deep in that and then started kind of coaching people around that as well. And the talent came about because as I worked with people on money, treasures, and time, I figured out real quickly that the actual problem wasn't time or money. That's where the symptom was. The root problem was around our head and our heart. It's not time and money. It's how are we viewing time and money? How are we behaving around time and money? What's our relationship, our thought processes, our mental ideas around time and money? And then how do we feel about it emotionally? What's our why? What's our, our driver? What's the thing that actually keeps us connected? Not, not our goal, but our, our why, which is deeper than a goal. You know, I, I tell people goals can change. Goals have a beginning, they have a middle, they have an end. You know, I set a goal, I worked out a goal, I accomplished a goal, or I set a goal, I worked out a goal, I didn't accomplish a goal. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. A why goes beyond that. Why does it really have a beginning, a middle, and an end? It has a journey. <laughs> it may change over time, but it never really ends, you know, and, and it never really even clearly begins either. It just kind of is. So you kind of go through this evolution with it. And so that's where the talent came in, because when I talk about talent, I'm really talking about how we how we manage ourselves, how we think about ourselves, how we view the world through that lens of ourselves. And that's really where now, you know, all of my work is there. I just trick people by talking about time and treasures because that's what they think the problem is. That's where the symptom shows up. That's where the fights with the wife shows up. That's where the feeling of, you know, I need to get out of this trap. I feel stuck. I feel, to use your language, in a rut. I need to move beyond that. That's the symptom. And then what we'd work on is, okay, now let's work on you. <laughs> you know, it's a little bait and switch, but in a nice way. So do you go right in, like when somebody starts a program with you, do you go ahead and it um, appease that desire to like get their finances in order and then you slip in the, the talent part or do you go right off the bat and go into talent as the foundation and then get them a to little work? of both. Um, you know, it, it's, you have to work on the symptom. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, again, use the analogy of going into a medical office, right? And you've got, you've got pain, you know, you get a horrible headache. And it turns out that the problem is actually a pinched nerve, you know, down in your wrist. Mm -hmm. Well, they're going to do surgery to fix the pinched nerve, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to treat the pain of the headache, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the two. So there's a little bit of both. You, you, I work a lot on folks with tools, but the reason the tools are there is not to solve the problem. It's to give us insight into what the real root problems are. Um, so, you know, why do you do a spending plan or a budget? when you're trying to figure out your finances. 
not really because the budget is magic and, you know, I'm putting down numbers on a paper and now suddenly everything's perfect. But what ends up happening is you put numbers down on paper and then by seeing them, it lets you start to evaluate and make different decisions and different behavior and different action. And so I always tell people, like, if you're looking at a time budget, you're looking at a, a, a money budget, doesn't matter. We always kind of think about a budget as saying no to ourselves as kind of a deprivation tool or an exclusion tool or what do I have to cut out? You see, I need to stop going to Starbucks. That's what it is. Instead, I say, no, build the budget from what do you want to say yes to? Oh, wow. What's most important to you? Yeah. You know, what do you want to put in first? Put the big rocks in first to quote Stephen Covey, right? What What's the most important things to you? Um, you know, is is food important? Well, yeah, you got to survive. You know, that doesn't mean you need to eat filet mignon seven days a week, but, it, you know, <laughs> oh, you got to survive. You got to eat. Yeah, cut it back you to know? once a week. <laughs> we're back to we're back to Chinese food. You know, it's like you got to, you know, you got to eat. You got to do that kind of thing. You know, you got to keep a roof over your head. Again, does that mean do you have to live in the Taj Mahal? No, but you need a roof over your head. Okay. So you can kind of go through these kinds of needs, but even pretty quickly, you're going to get beyond needs. And most people have more than enough money to get beyond needs and start getting into wants. And the minute you do that, now you've got some decision making. And if you're in a relationship, now you've got some conversation. Now you've also probably got some friction and you got some feeling of, there's not enough money to do everything that I feel like I want to do. So what am I going to say yes to? And if you say yes to the most important stuff first, then it's a lot easier to let go of the no stuff that's not as important. It's You're not really telling yourself no. You're Instead, you're saying, ah, that's not as important. Yeah. Even I, I think that you would even start to uncover things that you do or spend your money on only because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, too. It's like, why do I want to spend money on this? Oh, to impress our neighbors? I don't like our neighbors. <laughs> Let's stop doing that. Or I don't care what they think about us. Uh, and if that's true, then why do you keep spending money on that thing? It's right. like, oh, yeah. I, I had a couple that I used to, I'll lovingly refer to as Ken and Barbie um, because, <laughs> you know, they truly were. They were, you know, the the beautiful couple that everyone looked at as the perfect couple. You know, they had the perfect marriage. They had the perfect house. They had the perfect cars. They had the perfect job. They And they, they really did. They had... Both of them had a high income job. They both drove brand new. You know, I think one was a Mercedes and one was a Lexus, you know, a high end luxury vehicle. They lived in the biggest house in the neighborhood. You know, their lawn was immaculate. Everything was perfect. They had no furniture. Mm. They literally had lawn furniture and a blow up air mattress to sleep on in wow. the house. They never invited anyone through the door. Yeah. Oh, okay. it was all from the outside. It's literally surface deep, a facade. Wow. I mean, it truly was. And this is an extreme example, but it's, yeah, that there are people that live to appear. And, and by the way, both of them had, in this case, a very large student loan debt mm. because of the, the kind of jobs that they had and the choices they had made to go to college and that kind of thing. And so they were also servicing some big debt payments. Beyond that, they also had consumer debt. They also had other yeah. things. Oh, so that man. was part of what, you know, they were trapped between a rock and a hard place. And once they kind of reevaluated what was important to them, they they made different choices. <laughs> you know, they, they decided to give up the really fancy cars for a while. By the way, today, they drive really nice cars and live in a really nice house with really nice furniture, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got it all and they now have no, and they have no debt and they, you know, they've oh, achieved wow. those goals too. 
but they did it by realigning the choices they made to what was really important to them and then living that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. And, and the reason why I was asking that question originally was a little ulterior in a sense, because I, I shared with you, I'm uh, starting a mastermind for the leadership development business I'm doing, uh, taking them through my servant leadership framework. And, and it's like, they're coming to me because they want to boost their employee engagement. They want to boost the retention of their employees, get their employees to be more productive, stop quietly quitting those things. But I also know deep down inside that for them to be successful at that, what they really got to do is start from their own personal credo. Like, what do you stand for as a leader? What are your values? Uh, give me in three sentences what you believe in, what type of leader you are, and what people can expect from you because of that style and those values. And most leaders don't have any of that. So they kind of just react to what's going on. And so I, I want them to really learn that. How do you have your own personal credo? as a leader and live up to it. But then to get there, to get them in the door, it's the more acute thing, which is I got people quietly quitting on me and I'm about to do it myself. And, uh, right, then I need to change this. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm structuring the program so that they do get that quick win and they get to that mindset shift that'll really change everything. Like once, once they get that one piece in place, that's really foundational. It's like, the rest of that framework just falls into place and all they need to know is how to do it, when to do it, and they'll go and do it and they'll sustain it because it makes sense. And it sounds like with the three T's, you know, they, they're coming to you because they don't seem to have enough treasure. Uh, or they don't have enough time. Yeah. Right? And really it's a talent issue. It's their mindset. It's their heart. And once they get that set, but before they even get to that point, they've got to get some quick wins. And it sounds you like you still got to help them with the problem. Yeah. yeah you, you still got to help them with the pain. Um, and, and I would actually go you know, a step further with what you're talking about with your, your mastermind. Part of the analogy that I think as leaders they need to make is they need to realize that the same, you know, the same fundamental drivers that drive employee engagement are what drive them. <laughs> you know, at some, in other words, employees are more engaged when they have autonomy, when they have responsibility, when they have a clear direction, when they understand what they're working for and how they're working for it, and they can trust the system. And you know, all of that, huh, what do you know? That's the same thing you need to do as a leader. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, when you ask them, like, who was a leader that poured into you and helped you propel your career? And they'll describe who they really all need to the be. All the characteristics. Yes. Yeah. And then who's the type of leader that like, just said, that's it. I'm out of here. I quit or just made life heck for you when you were at work. And they'll describe all the things that they're doing right now. And you're like, oh, let me know when you see it. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. oh, shoot, I'm that guy. Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. And But yeah, man. And, and so when when folks reach out to you, um, oh, what's the question I'm trying to ask? How do people find you? Bingo. That was the question. <laughs> they, they're like, wait, I need this. Uh, I need treasures. I need more time. And I need to sort out whatever gunk is in my head to get there. How do people find you uh, and, and what you do at Inspired Stewardship? So I actually set up a landing page just for your listeners as, as just kind of a quick one-stop uh, shop. I better write if this down. If you go to inspiredstewardship.com slash rut. Oh, cool. Should be pretty easy to remember. Um, there's actually a landing page. It's actually got a link on there where you can set up a quick 30 minute call. By the way, that's a no pressure call. I don't believe in all of the you know, things that are out there. Of, you got to make a decision right now. No, this is just get information, answer questions, figure out what's going on, see if whether or not we're a good fit. There's also a place you can sign up and get some emails from me specific to time, specific to talent, specific to treasures, 
or all three if you want them that get some quick tips, uh, that kind of thing. And then of course, that'll also share out like when I do podcast episodes and those sorts of things as well. You can always listen to the podcast, Inspired Stewardship, everywhere podcasts are found pretty much. I think I've got it on everything now, at least almost everything. <laughs> and um, oh, I, I just got back from podcast movement, so it's still fresh in my head. Um, but yeah, folks, Apple Podcasts, still the number one app used for audio only. I think Spotify is gaining on their tail. Um, and then YouTube apparently has become very popular. So, um, yeah, y'all. Yeah, I'm, I have a YouTube channel too where awesome. I put the audio. So, yep. Cool deal. Now, before we go, any final words of wisdom? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is for everyone that's hearing this and is kind of going, you know, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, it, it, it almost sounds too easy. It almost sounds too simple. You know, th- this is, this is deeper than that. You know, keep in mind that I think a lot of times we confuse simple and easy, right? Simple concepts, live on less than you make. Do the most important things first. That's simple. The problem is putting it into execution. <laughs> that's the hard part. You know, that's not easy to do because let's face it, in today's world, there's a million things coming at us at a million miles an hour. You know, we literally walk around with a communication device in our pocket that interrupts us 24 seven. Most of us put it on our bed stand and sleep with it beside us. This we're interrupted more than any other world culture or people, you know, throughout time. And it's not that that's evil, but it is that that means that this isn't going to be easy to fix. And so that's where, you know, the work that, that Jerry does, the work that I do and other folks around us do is focused on it's it's not so much teaching you stuff that you don't know but it's helping you take that stuff that you already know and actually make it happen in the real world i love that scott it was great to i love that scott it was great to have you on here and to to reconnect and i didn't realize you were you know almost kind of down the road uh uh, i used to live in corpus but now i'm in dallas but uh if i'm ever in the san antonio area and i feel like taking a 45 minute jaunt out of sight of town I know to reach out to. <laughs> yeah, if you're near San Antonio or Austin, I, I'm you. I can probably make a trip as long as you give me some advance notice. Oh so wow, we can meet up. Oh, you're on that side of San Antonio. Yeah, I, I'm oh. about two hours to Austin, about an hour to San Antonio. Nice. Okay, cool. I might be going that way. Actually, not because you just said that, but I got a trip <laughs> coming up. So uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll have to talk after I stop recording. <laughs> awesome. Wow, I hope you got a lot out of this episode like I did. It was a great conversation with my new friend, Scott Mater. I've been on his show as well as a guest, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Now, if you want more, like you want to find out how to get in touch with Scott, you want other great episodes that have been on the show for the last eight years, then check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 400. There, we're going to have all kinds of links just for you. Extra episodes, bonus content, how to get in touch with Scott, and even the link to the merch store. Because, you know, what better way to celebrate 400 episodes than to be able to get yourself a t-shirt, a hat, a sweatshirt, a hoodie, Whatever that says beyond the rut or hey, life is too short to live stuck in a rut or my favorite newest motto, look up and look forward straight out of the book beyond the rut. Now, it's been such an honor to be with you for these 400 episodes. Yes, I've been there since day one, everybody. There was a team of three and now there's just me, but I'm with you. You're with me. And we're all together. In fact, the two guys who left the show are still in my life and I'm still on theirs in some way, shape, or form. So here's the thing I'm talking about with you. 
let's make a commitment to ourselves, to each other, that we're going to look up. We're going to look forward in our lives. We're going to make the most of the life we have right now by first defining what success looks like for ourselves. So we know how to measure that we're succeeding in the life we wanted to live that is fulfilling for ourselves, making an impact on the world around us and making a difference. In fact, I firmly believe that each one of us has an opportunity to make the world a better place, to leave it better than how we found it. And we could do that by number one, knowing who we are, what we want to live for, realize that we only have this life to make something happen in this world to impact the lives of others. And pour our talents and treasures into making that happen. And when we live more in alignment with that, just as Scott and I had been talking about in this episode, you'll find in your own life that you'll be making an impact in a way that you will feel proud of. And when you're on that deathbed and you get to look back on your life, if you get to be that lucky, then you can say, you know what? I did it. I did everything I set out to do. I made an impact. I made the world a better place. People will remember me for the time that they have here. And that is enough. So I'm glad you joined me for this episode as well as past episodes. I look forward to joining you again on future episodes because, yay, why not? Let's do another 400 episodes. What do you say? Now, until then, though, until the next episode and the next one and the next one, I want you to go live life beyond the rut. Take care, my friends. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.